0: Comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. Third.
1: A foot race the other way.
0: It doesn't get much better than this, folks. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is a man... Who was just talking to his cat, uh, Logan Stump? <laughs> uh,
1: I like to keep him company. I was telling them all about this. Uh, wild they keep MLS you stuff
0: company, coming. Logan. You don't that's, keep them company. That's,
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. But no, I was telling them about all the MLS stuff that we have to talk about today. Yeah. And they were kind of thrilled, but not really. I don't know. The one was like running around, and I'm not really sure <laughs> if he was running around because he was thrilled about the MLS news or if he was thrilled about you know, all the European moves or what he was really thrilled about. But.
0: He just wants to see his Lions play again. You know, they're in the cat family. He's yeah. like, I just want to see the cats Orlando family. on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's Just pawing <laughs> at the
1: chance to get out there.
0: Yeah, we are live talking all of this junk um got a lot to a lot to cover. It's been almost a month off, right? We mm-hmm. we stopped our last episode was the expansion draft which um we didn't care for. No. <laughs> on Charlotte's end. Um so if you want to hear our thoughts on that, you can go back and listen listen to that episode. But uh this week we got a lot of You know, no games that we're talking about, obviously, but we got a lot of player movement as we've entered January now and haven't done an episode in a bit. And we got some coaches being hired. We have, oh, geez, what else do we have? Mostly that's it, right? Player signings and coaches getting uh, hired. Yeah, a
1: little bit of looking into what's coming down the pipeline. So I'm sure everybody is thrilled to hear what's coming because uh, we're doing it to ourselves again, Jordan.
0: Yes. Yes, sadly, we are going to be doing a, <laughs> an episode preview for each team. That's uh, it's going to be quite the workload, but, uh, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Um, trying to start with Charlotte, too. So if anybody knows anybody with Charlotte FC, not like the club itself, but, you know, anybody covers Charlotte. We've reached out to a few people, but. If anybody has other ideas, you can let us know.
1: We could have uh, one of we could have like the city of Charlotte just call in and let's just field some questions.
0: How about that? Yeah, we'll be like a radio show. Yeah, there you go.
1: Nobody listens from Charlotte,
0: but anyway. you're listening to CLTFC Radio. <laughs> I, I was going
1: to say I'm. I be careful. There's a lot of different things out there right now. You're going to be calling on other podcasts to be jumping on, whether they liked it or not, but. No, I, I I think I have somebody in mind, Jordan. Uh, okay, to reach out to him today, but yeah, I think Charlotte's going to be our first. We really we really liked doing Austin last year because I felt like it was a nice way to ease our way into what was a very busy time for us, Jordan. I think we eventually got to like four episodes per uh, per week. Uh, yeah, so you know
0: that means next year we start with St. Louis then.
1: It's true. Yeah, so St. Louis guys. We're
0: actually going to be talking about them a little bit today too cuz they yeah. got their crap together.
1: They did. We should launch into it so we don't so we're not here until midnight though.
0: Oh, I had my whole day planned uh, pl- uh, like for You don't you don't want to do this till midnight. Uh
1: it's not preferred, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: um okay, so let's 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 dig a little deeper into this i just said that last thing we recorded we're, we're on double duty today um let's start with i guess shocking news can we start with that first
1: i'm just kind of scared
0: dc <laughs> united dc night open to trading ola kamara
1: yeah yeah I don't know if I, I don't know, I don't know if I get that, <laughs> I don't, Jordan. I don't understand that. Why does Ola Kamara just seem to bounce around teams? I don't understand what's going on. I,
0: I don't know, but I mean, in in my case, I could understand this last year. Yes. But after doing nineteen goals and you know being tied for golden boot and only losing right. on assist, I'm not sure why this would be the move unless if this is not one of. Um, you know, Losada's guys. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, he was playing pretty well last year and he kind of looked like the Kamara Volt. Maybe they think he's going to have a down year and they want to get something for him before that happens. I don't really know. Um, but with the three clubs he's been at DC, Galaxy, and Crew, you know, he's scored 74 goals in MLS in 145 games. That's not a bad record for even having a really bad year. And not having a good year at LA before that, like for me, I think that's 19 goals. If he's going to have that again next year, that who are you replacing? You know, who are you replacing him with that's going to get you 19 or more goals? Because DC is not usually the team that's going to go out there and splash a whole bunch um, for an attacker. I mean, I guess you could say Wayne Rooney, but I mean, you know. That that was really to draw some people into seats, and they played really well. But I, I don't know. Maybe Lasada has an eye on somebody that they think would be able to fit it better. But I, I don't get it.
1: Yeah, and behind him, Poliario was six goals last season, uh, and not somebody you would really rely on to to bang in a bunch of goals. Uh, so I, yeah, you're right. And, and even Paul Ariola's name was starting to float around to different teams again. Um, obviously some of them are a little bit wonky, but uh, I, I still think that, I mean, DC United having a hard time keeping the team together to lose the guy that was the runner up to the golden boot uh, just on the fact that he might end up with another MLS team is, is terrifying in and of itself, I, I think for all DC fans. So I don't, I don't know. Once we get some D.C. people on here and if and, and if you don't know the trend as we start to do these team previews, if you're if, you, if you're new to the show, uh, everything that Jordan and I do uh, as far as team previews, uh, once we preview your team, uh, it's usually the day of that big news breaks for your team. So um, it, it tends to have been the trend last year. But I, it'll be interesting to see if he's still there when we do. Maybe we do the D.C. United uh uh, preview early here so that we can kind of determine as to why why they're shopping around Ola Kamara and, and you know I know he's 31 going on 32 but uh, it it doesn't make sense to me I, I saw this one today and I was really shocked uh, and that was Steve Goff too that that uh, tweeted that out so that's not like a a weird story out there like just to get some headlines that uh, that's a that's a reputable source from inside the DCU camp that's going to uh, give him that information so it'll be interesting to see where that came from and how that got out.
0: Yeah. Reading his article, it says that one person said that United has been actively pursuing a trade in part because of his value rising. Mm -hmm. Another person said the club is only entertaining offers that comes its way and has spoken to as many three teams. Um, Still
1: three more than you probably want. (laughs) I don't know.
0: So I guess maybe they're thinking, it, it could be one of them is saying, hey, their value is high now. Let's go ahead and try to flip this guy. But the other guy, the other source is making it sound like they're only entertaining offers that are getting called to them. Like They're not like saying he's untouchable. It's like they get a call and they're like, okay, we'll field an offer, but if we don't mm-hmm. like it, we're not going to take it. And I think that's more reasonable. If that's all they're doing, that's reasonable. But I don't mm-hmm. know when this stuff kind of comes out like this, it makes you think that they're actively pursuing it. Unless if Goff heard this from a different team and then followed up with DC and they said, Oh, we're only entertaining offers. I mean, it, I don't really understand how some of the, you know, some of the stuff works. I mean, he's a DC United reporter. So you think he's mm-hmm. getting his sources from DC, right? So uh, I don't know, but we can move on from that. I I, I would hope Kamara would stay. They finished only one point short of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, losing a 19-goals scorer mm-hmm. would really hurt the D.C. team, I think, because the season starts in, what, seven weeks, six yeah. weeks, something like that. Um, you You don't want to you're going to, have to get somebody else in. It's going to learn the side of the system and it's going to be as productive or more than 19 goals. Mm. So for me, I think that would be a little rough uh, on them, but I guess we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it goes. LA galaxy signed defender, Kelvin Leardam as a free agent. Leardam was with Cincinnati uh, before. And uh, just a, Good, I mean, not, not Cincinnati, sorry, enter Miami. I was confusing two bad Eastern Conference teams. Uh, <laughs> but you have, uh, he's also been on the Sounders. Uh, but he, he joined Miami last year. That was his only year in Miami. Mm. And going to LA, I think that's a good pickup for them. Get a nice, you know, I, I think LA could use some more defenders. So I, I think this is a good move for them. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, you got some depth in there now uh, and some experience depth. I I know that people have always really liked when Kevin Learham has made his way to their team. And I I think that this is a a good pickup for them. I think it's good experience Um, getting away from the Miami situation uh, is probably ideal for him and heading to a Western conference team that really, really needed to pick up some defensive pieces just because of how bad their defense was last year. Um, When you're looking at goals allowed, um, LA Galaxy, were giving them up at an alarming rate. And had it not been for bond and goal, I I think that they end up conceding a lot more just because he stood on his head. I think Jordan, you and I talked about whether it was him or Stuver that was, uh, I think we talked about them more than anybody when we were talking about goalkeepers last season, Um, 54 goals given up. And that was tied with a bunch of other teams that had given up 54 goals. But in that company, you've got teams like FC uh, Cincinnati or sorry. No, sorry. I read that wrong. Chicago fire. Um, DC United, uh, the Dynamo, RSL, and San Jose, who uh, historically lately have been just abysmal uh, in the defense. Um, so yeah, it, it it's tough because you, you you look around and try to find some pieces to to kind of sew in there together. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Galaxy put together, uh, and you know going forward, uh, the Galaxy needs some more pieces. Uh, They're still. Uh, without a couple key contributors. So it'll see, it'll be interesting to see what they put together this offseason. But I like this move so far. It's their first uh, of the offseason, so we'll see uh, what else they have up their sleeves.
0: All right, yeah. Um, in other veteran news as well, San Jose signed young Gregus from Minnesota United. Uh, Gregus goes into the reentry draft. He was selected by San Jose in the reentry draft. And uh, San Jose is going to use targeted allocation money. He's not going to occupy an international roster spot after receiving a green card. So a uh, pretty good move by, uh, by San Jose, really. He's going to not be a DP. He entered as a DP for Minnesota. He's not going to take up an international roster spot. I, I think this is a, a- another great move here for San Jose. We'll see if they can actually put together a winning roster this year, but mm-hmm. overall, I really like this move.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's good. Um, I, it, it'll it be interesting to see kind of how, he, how he's pieced in there. Um, uh, when you're talking about, you know, coming from a team that had really, that we thought was going to be uh, one of the best teams in the West. And now he's joining one of the teams that really just struggled. Um, they struggle defensively in the midfield. Um, they struggle giving up goals. Um, They struggle oftentimes finding consistency in an attack. So adding veteran pieces, I I think John's done it enough to where uh, he's interesting to, you know, if you're adding a piece into that midfield and Shofis actually just uh, said that he was coming back. So you're kind of solidifying a midfield that needed some help um, and some pieces that uh, I think the more veteran experience that you can have around younger players uh, and younger guys like a Jackson Ewell, I I, I think that it helps them uh, tremendously. Um, he didn't play a ton of games last year. So I'm going to guess he was hurt, uh, some of this time or COVID or whatever it might've been. Um, but he, he played 15 matches with uh, Minnesota last year, only started in nine. He had played 18 and started 18, uh, in season prior in 2020 and he played all 30 matches in 2019. So he's, is kind of coming down off of, uh, a, a team that really just use him as a backup depth piece, but it seems like when he steps into San Jose, he's got a lot of work to do with uh, a midfield that just – they're part of the reason why they concede so much uh, and don't attack with great threat. So I guess we'll see how that works. But I don't see him – I see it as a nice piece just to put some experience around. I don't see it making a huge difference with San Jose.
0: John Nelson, defender, goes to Cincinnati in the re-entry draft from Dallas. Brian Acosta goes to the Rapids from uh, Dallas. Brady Scott goes to the crew from Austin. He's a 22-year-old goalkeeper. Um, Greg Goose, we talked about. Eric Dick from Columbus Crew goes to Minnesota. And Robert Barich, chosen by Sporting Kansas City, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was a pretty interesting Move here. I wonder if that means like somebody like Polito, Russell, or Salway are leaving, or if they're going to have a crowded four strikers here.
1: I know he had been linked to a bunch of teams in Europe again, so I yeah. don't know. I don't know. If maybe this is maybe like he that.
0: won't actually go there. I don't know. That.
1: Yeah, maybe flip some value, but yeah, I thought it was really a really interesting move. Because um, I thought Salway, I mean, he was arguably one of the best players in the league last year. Um, Polito. You know, he's always had issues with injuries. I guess, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll see what Barrish does. I, I I don't think he suits up for Sporting Kansas City to start the season. So that's just a guess. That's a wild guess. I haven't done complete research. But from what I've heard, Barich was almost bound and determined to end up in Europe again.
0: So I thought, but I think usually if they're picked in the re-entry draft, they have they to... Have yeah, or, or maybe like if he hasn't signed the deal, then maybe they'll get some sort of compensation. I'm not too familiar with how it works, but yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, I guess it's not worth anything. You know, like They're thinking, well, we'll pick him in case if he plays with us, and if not, we'll, uh, he, he just leaves and we retain his rights or something. Mm-hmm. St. Louis City SC are joining uh MLS next year in 2023 they just hired a coach they went ahead and hired South African international Bradley Carnell uh the former Red Bull assistant is now their inaugural uh inaugural coach um they said they made their shortlist Bradley Carnell was the number 1 option their top candidate and it's always great when you get your top candidate mm-hmm. um a lot of people seem to really like this move um he i guess apparently is another coach that really likes the gag in um yeah. he has background in the bundesliga uh you know he he's been an assistant at red bulls as well as we said so i think this is I think this is very interesting because I really like what St. Louis has done like so far with everything, you know, we we talk about how Charlotte and some of these other teams have entered the league, Mm -hmm. but when you have St. Louis is going to be playing in that uh, MLS next pro league already. They're going to be, fielding a team there they're going to be uh you know while some of the other established uh, mls teams don't have a team in that league yet and the the stadium's already going to be ready i think for when they enter the league i don't think they'll have to worry about playing somewhere else first so this is like really nailing at each place which is a big deal because st louis is like a hotbed for soccer you mm-hmm. know like taylor twelman's from there um, some good players have played there before, and now that they're actually going to have like an academy and a way to play professionally, mm-hmm. going through that way instead of just like college in the draft and or going to a different, like a Kansas City or something. I think it's really great the way that they set their team up and to give this guy a whole year to prepare the team.
1: Yeah,
0: and. You know as they sign players, being able to talk with them this far ahead of time and be able to say, This is the way I want to play. I think this is really great for, for St. Louis. Yeah, Bradley Carnell,
1: for those that don't know, um, and with his time, uh, he coached 71 games under Chris Armas, um, future uh, Manchester United Kepher. Uh, Jesse Marsh, I guess you can say that about either. Um, <laughs> Jesse Marsh, 62 games uh underneath Jesse and then he's had 36 games of Gerard Struber um so uh, like you said Jordan I, I think he's got that Rangnick, Rangnick uh press coming I, I think he's got that, uh let's press and press and press uh, in, until our team opponent can no longer take it uh it'll be interesting to see they did Caden Clark back on that from that loan deal so he is back with the team um which should happen over the break that we have, uh, I don't know. I, I like the way Red Bull had played. I, I thought they got on a nice little run there for a little bit, but couldn't quite get it uh, going to get in and, and really make any kind of mess of a postseason. So it was it was an interesting way for the Red Bull to kind of go out last year. Um, seventh spot, but not really competitive, I, I would say. So it will it, be interesting to see uh, what this guy brings to uh, to St. Louis. I think it'll be interesting to see if, you know, he brings this high pressing, high potent, uh, defensive, uh, I guess juggernaut into St. Louis, how that plays in St. Louis. If I know anything about St. Louis sports, they usually figure it out. They're usually very competitive. Uh, their fans are gritty, um, high spirited. And I think it'll be interesting just to see what he brings. Um, but those are pretty good coaches to coach under. If he's got any kind of Jesse Marsh in him and it looks like, That's really who he had been underneath um, or brought in as uh, was Jesse. So he came with Jesse and it seems like stayed throughout the other ones. So hopefully he's learned something. And St. Louis, I like this so far. I like it.
0: All right, Ray Gaddis coming out of retirement to sign with FC Cincinnati. What's going on, Ray? Is he on here? Yeah, he's the w- the one viewer. <laughs> oh, okay,
1: uh, Ray. So let me ask you, <laughs> what was going on in Philadelphia? Uh, and Jordan, you might be able to speak to this before Ray does. What was going on in Philadelphia? Do you think it was Philadelphia? Because you asked, you posed this question. Do you think it had something to do with Philadelphia, or do you think the connections running deep through Cincinnati was what brought him uh, to? I don't even know what they call it—the skyline city. I don't know what they call their city.
0: Um i think it's queen city i think it is too which is charlotte's which it felt
1: weird i didn't want to say it and get it wrong
0: but no the reason i was asking that is because it seems like you know he retired Mm
1: -hmm.
0: comes out of retirement and goes to albright and noonan both from philly at cincinnati so i was just wondering if maybe he just was done with the union and and or if he was actually done and then was like, man, I, I got to get back playing again. And then this opportunity presented itself. Or if they coerced him out of retirement because they really want the experience of Ray gas I don't really know. Um, but, you know, he, he he was, he retired young. He was like 30 years old. So obviously yeah. he still has some in the tank. So uh, it just seems weird because he had played with the union, like his whole career to, to then go to, like retiring and then coming back and not at being at Philly. But, you know, maybe he asked Philly and they said, we got other options at right back now or something. I don't know. Right. Um, or like I said, I guess we don't really know. But I wish him good luck in the future because he was a good, good player at the Union. And we'll see how he does at uh, Cincinnati.
1: Good experience defensively. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati's still trying to figure it out. So we'll see if 2022 is any different. I can't wait to have the FC Cincy guys on because uh, I'm interested to see. Uh, let's go through it again. Uh, you know, let, let's go through what, what can we do to make this a better situation than what it already is. Um, but Wooden Spoon isn't too far removed uh, from Cincinnati as far as these moves are concerned, I don't think.
0: I think this year I might say they're not going to win the Wooden Spoon just so that way we can be right one of these More. years. So next year it'll be your turn to say they're not going to get oh, yeah, it. Yeah, I'll just keep and saying then, it. Yeah, yeah. We, okay. we just we can alternate each time that's fair. to see what's My going team on. might
1: be in contention soon. I don't know. Orlando seems to be also joining <laughs> the we don't have anybody to play soccer uh, kind of thing.
0: I think that's a Miami thing right now. Miami has lost like 19 players. Florida's
1: been brutal. Well, Miami had to. They had about 12 DPs, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Minnesota United have signed a South African international forward that's going to be in the U-22 DP initiative signing. And it's going to sign through the 2024 season with a one-year club option after that. Um, It is an international spot on the roster. I'm really going to mess up this name. I apologize. It's Bongo Kool Wayne. I said that right? Sure. Coming from South African Premier Division side uh, Merrittsburg United. So uh, pretty interesting. I guess we'll see how it goes for that. I don't know much about him. 21-year-old. Going to play in one of the three attacking spots, it says here. Um, He has got eight caps with the South African National already. So, uh, look. I I think this is uh, probably a good move for Minnesota. Minnesota needs... Something to go their way, here.
1: Yeah, disappointing year from last year. So, a uh, good first signing, I guess. Uh, something young. Um, I'm kind of scared because they they tend to make signings out there that that people are hyped about, and then all has not gone well. So, I guess we'll see. We'll have we'll have Jack and them on and explain how excited they are for the kid, uh, and also let's see if we can pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, let's see if they can. Bonkule. That's a Bunkukule. I don't
0: know how to say that. That's probably closer than I was. Uh, the Colorado Rapids have acquired Abubakar Keita in a trade with the Columbus crew. Uh, Colorado is sending $300,000 in general allocation money to Columbus in exchange for Keita. Um, and they could also maybe receive an additional $150,000 cond- in conditional GAM should the player reach certain performance marks. So... We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, he is only 21 years old. He's a Columbus Academy product. Seems like they've kind of given up on him easily here, unless if the money was just too good to turn down. I don't know. But I think this continues to help the Rapids here. The team that really was good last year won the West and built itself on having like the lowest, uh, you know, roster cost. Uh, in the league, and I thought uh, this is probably another good shrewd move for them to stay young and stay cheap, I guess. RSL has new owners as well here. The MLS Board of Governors approved the sale of Real Salt Lake to David Blitzer and Ryan Smith of the Smith Entertainment Group. It includes Rio Tinto Stadium, Zion's Bank Training Center, and the RSL Academy as well. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, Blitzer also is part owner of teams in the NBA, the NHL, and even the English Premier League and German mm-hmm. Bundesliga. So he's just you know adding some more stuff there. They uh, own the Utah Jazz. I think they own the New Jersey Devils.
1: Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, He's got so Dwayne Wade join RSL.
0: Yeah, um, Dwayne Wade's joining that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Smith is the techie that is a billionaire that owns stake in Palace Crystal Palace that is in the Premier League. Uh, Actually, uh, is it Augsburg? The the how do you pronounce the one that uh, Pepe went to? Yeah, Yeah. he's going where Pepe went to. Yeah, a stake of Augsburg. He owns a stake in the Philadelphia 76ers. You're right, the New Jersey uh, Red Devils. And then uh, then that's how he met David Blitzer because David Blitzer owns the Utah Jazz. So they have met through – so they sit on the board, the owner's board in the NBA. So that's how they often oh, okay. conversed. So that's how they ended up uh, figuring each other out. Um, Smith was with the Jazz, sorry, and Blitzer was with um, – the Sixers. And so that's how they kind of came about owning RSL. And then it fits that Dwayne Wade wants to now jump in because being a basketball player, I think that that was enticing to him uh, and ownership of the team. And his buddy, LeBron also owns a stake in Liverpool. So I'm I'm assuming that's what.
0: And Durant owns a stake in uh, Philly union.
1: Yeah. Uh, And Gotham, I thought uh, from NWSL had somebody else step in. Uh, I know Steph Curry had been rumored to want to own piece of Charlotte at some point but i don't know if that ever became something but it's interesting and jordan i, I want to ask you don garber was quoted in saying that this was a huge move and a really huge day for mls because this is now a dual partnership of two very very influential people in the united states as far as sports ownership is concerned do you think that this is a really huge step for the mls as far as uh, ownership and american ownership at that and you know getting this game Up in this league up to where it needs to be because now we've got the talent. Now let's just get it on, you know, a huge stage like some of these other sports.
0: I'd say league-wide, no.
1: Yeah.
0: RSL-wise, this is big. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not going to get moved. Blitzer's committed to Utah, he says. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has the jazz there, right? So probably zero chance of them moving. I think they're already talking about maybe bringing the, the NWSL team back or something.
1: Yeah, the Royals. Yeah.
0: So for me, I think this is big in their regard because, one, they're also probably going to have deeper pockets than they did under Hanson, and they'll probably be able to maybe actually start putting together a team to, to actually compete. Mm-hmm. You can make a case that it's a league-wide big deal, by Saying, well, okay, if they're gonna you know raise the profile of RSL, that's going to raise the profile of the league because uh, it's another owner taking it seriously if they take it seriously. So, but I guess, unless if you're meaning like just the fact that it's two different business guys doing it, I don't know, I feel like that happens all the time, but maybe yeah. not from like both NBA doing it, that's, that's kind of odd, but. Hey, whatever keeps them in our in Salt Lake cuz I'm trying to go to a game there this year. So
1: I, I would say that you know, ourselves a huge market and their their fan like for a team that that didn't have the huge pockets uh, for quite some time there and really had some tough times with a toxic workplace that turned out to be ideal scenario best case scenario. I know that they had always wanted um blitzer and smith to kind of get involved once they had come forward and said that they were interested and there was rumors that the two had been interested in the club so i i am excited for the city i think that that's a huge fan base over there that that really could get involved Uh, i know that the jazz uh, from experience with the nba have always had a really great fan base um and when things get wild over there in the playoffs um they have that city's full support. So it, it'll be fun to, and I'm excited for you, Jordan, because then you get to go see the game at RSL and uh, at least enjoy uh, maybe some money, and uh, uh, what they put out on the, the quality on the pitch, man. Maybe they'll pay you. I don't know. You go out there and you can. They're our new the, sponsor. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're now an RSL show. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> are we really? Mm-hmm. Crap. Um, so I better do some research. Um, Albert might not be there much longer, but that,
0: that's yeah. The, that's the uh New York out. City FC have sent James Sands to Rangers FC in Scotland on an 18-month loan through June 2023. Uh, they hold a purchase option. It's a little odd how long the loan is, but maybe they're trying to manipulate cash to uh, spend more money or something. I don't know. A lot of teams do that, but what do you think? Good move for James Sands. A lot of people don't rank the Scotland League that high, but it probably puts him in a better pro, like a better spotlight for maybe another move somewhere else.
1: Um, I think it's a good move. Like, I, I think I, I think that there's really good quality as far as some of the teams in the Scottish Premier League. So I think that it it presents him a chance to play with uh, Rangers, who's a really good. Side uh, in Scotland. Um, I'm trying to look up their uh, table right now because I didn't prepare that uh, ahead of time. But I think they won it last year. So yeah, they're first this year again. So 51 table or 51 points in the table. They're top of the table above uh, Celtic, which has 45 points. So and uh, I actually, you know, what's funny? I have a student that is a Rangers fan from Scotland. And he is uh, a lifer uh, with the Rangers. Um, and he said that this. He's what, like 10? He's, no, Jordan, <laughs> he's 16. Okay, easy. All right. Um, no, but. It, a it's lifer funny. at 16. Yeah, it's a lifer at 16, dude. All right. That's 16 years. That's pretty impressive. All right. Um, but no, it, he was talking about this move. And he was like, uh, some dude named Jason Sands is uh, headed to Rangers. I said, you mean James Sands? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, what, is he good? And I was like. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought out of the guys that were named to the roster that he was one that deserved to be called up just because I, I do think that he provides value. And I told you this too. He provides a lot of versatility. Uh, he can join an attack. He can play that center defensive mid. He can hold down a midfield very well. He also can jump back and play the center back position. He can play left back or right back if you need to do. He can jump on the wing backs. So I, I, I think he is a very versatile player that provides a lot of skill uh, for a Rangers team that uh, according to my student, that their defense has been something that they've, they've lost a couple center backs and they need some depth there. And with COVID uh, adding some of this depth and the 18 month thing, Jordan, I I really do. I think this is just another stepping stone for another American uh, player that I I, I think is on the rise that I think his value is uh, increasing as the day goes on. So uh, I, I do expect James Sand to be one of those names that we, are talking about when it comes to world cup uh, rosters uh, should be qualified. So. Let's
0: move to LAFC. They've hired their second ever head coach, Bob Bradley left at the end of the season. They've hired one of Bob Bradley's players from the U S men's national team. Steve Trundolo is the next head coach. Now he was the head coach of the USL championship side, Las Vegas Lights, which is the affiliate of LAFC. Uh, didn't do super great there. It sounds like this was not their first pick, but he does have some experience working with Hanover 96's academy over mm-hmm. in Germany. He also played for them. He was also an assistant at Stuttgart at one point and even coached in the German national team youth system. So he does have some other pedigrees outside of just the, uh, the USL as well. So maybe not the sexy pick a lot of LAFC fans were thinking, but I remember mm-hmm. people really being excited about Trundolo as a candidate before for not like for just other jobs and how far he's come and what he's learned overseas and stuff that I don't think it's an awful pick. I don't think you can completely hold one season of USL coaching against him either. I mean I think you're just going to have to see how it goes. He obviously had to impress them a bit to get the job. And I I guess we'll see where it goes from there. But he was one of my favorite players uh, on this U.S. men's national team. He was a right back, um, you know, and he was in those World Cup years that that I was watching. And I I really would like to see him succeed uh, as well. So hopefully this is a good pick for LAFC we'll see how it goes. They're going to have to reshape this whole roster pretty much yeah, anyway, I think. So, he said it's not a rebuild. Probably doesn't want to call it a rebuild uh because that ensures, you know, that's almost like saying that you're tanking or not being able to yeah. put together a winning team. They can still with their money put out a winning team with a rebuild. Um but I guess we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I I think this is one that we have to wait and see how it goes. Uh, I don't think we can probably accurately judge it after this season as well. I mean, the, when you make a hire like this, you're kind of committed for a more long-term approach, I feel like.
1: Yeah, this is very much a wait and see because we just don't know enough about him. I, he's coached in those systems, but, you know, how, how much has he, really, he really learned is always a question when you've got coaches like this that are stepping in and really getting their first service time as a manager, as the boss. Um you know their first year stepping in, not knowing some of the guys, not knowing some of the pieces that are going to be there. Um, they did make a good move with uh, the Charlotte draft uh, and getting Trajori Shari. I, I I thought that was a decent move for LAFC, who have been in kind of a weird funk. Arango has has been really good, but they've also got some really eye-opening um, ship outs that they, they they've not brought back. Um, you're talking about guys like Raheem Edwards, who was a nice piece to have, um, Pablo Cisniega who was you know a, a keeper that isn't top quality, top class, um, but he, he did provide some stability when needed. If he, if you needed to put him in and have him, you know, spot a start here and there. Um, so they'll need to go in and get a backup keeper. Um, I, I thought that the uh, biggest concern for LAFC um, going into it was Edward Azuesta. I, I thought. Honestly, I thought that move, instead of going to Palermos, I thought that move was going to be over to Europe because I do think he's that good. Palermos is really good in Brazil, but I, I think eh, that's a huge loss. I mean, that, that's massive. Um, and, and I thought probably one of their best players last season uh, was out us so, And I, I thought he just was a reliable player in that midfield. I, I thought that he was able to – you know, join the attack when needed, but he really controlled the midfield for LAFC. Even though it wasn't as sparkly clean as it should have been, um, they really struggled defensively last year, like we talked about. But Tristan Blackman, out to us of missing this team, like you said, Jordan, they don't want to call a rebuild because it's LA and it's a big market, and they've got a lot of money to spend. They got some DP spots that they can fill, but uh, for all of the sakes and purposes, it's it's a rebuild.
0: Yeah, when you have most of the team be different, it's technically a rebuild for me. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, it may not be—it may not be a long kind of rebuild. Street, really. You may it not is... be going through like a Baltimore Oriole rebuild, but you're going yeah. through a—you're going through a rebuild. Yeah. Um. Caden Clark being loaned back to the Red Bulls from Leipzig for at least the first part of this season, um, I think this is good. I don't know if he would have immediately gotten to this Leipzig team. I think him playing is going to be better than him not playing. So for me, I'm totally fine if it takes him coming back here. I don't think he really tore it up last year the way he did when he first came in in 2020. When he first came in in 2020, mm-hmm. scoring like some amazing goals and stuff. This year, I don't think he had as much success with the Red Bulls. So yeah, come back here, play a little bit more, and then... In the summer or next winter you go over there and you're you know, you're even more ready, I think, for Leipzig.
1: Yeah. Seventeen years old or eight going on eighteen. Right, he's seventeen right now. (laughs) Going on um, eighteen. He I remember 2021 he started well. Like he had played well, and I think that's what deserved him the loan to Red Bull. And I think they were just trying to figure out where to get him time to. And this was always Uh, the plan. Like the only reason he
0: signed with the Red Bulls was because he wanted to go overseas and they kind of made that pre-agreement.
1: Right. I I, I don't know. Like we're excited about him, so I don't want them to ruin him. (laughs) So Uh, This is like one of those tough spots, Jordan, where I get with... And and they asked the RSL owners, is this going to kind of be like a Red Bull situation? And they said, I mean, kind of. They kind of want it to be like that. So I imagine Palace being obviously destinations for people that do well in RSL.
0: If that's the case... Then yeah. This is not a step forward, <laughs> right? Uh, this would be he said
1: kind of Jordan. He said he kind of wanted it to kind be kind of, of like a feeder okay. system. I don't know what that meant, but I don't want a Dallas or Red Bull situation. I think that's what you're going to get, unfortunately. I really do. Uh, I, I, I had that feeling when they were speaking today. I, I like the move because it, it keeps them there and it gives them a lot of money to spend. But Jordan, I, I do think with those ties to those different clubs, I, I think you might see. I mean, maybe RSL, with how Augsburg's played and how Palace has been, it won't well, Palace has played better. But anyway, uh, we're off track a little bit, but I it, I just don't want that to happen to Caden Clark. You know what I mean? I I, I was scared for Paxton because I was like, a, if, if Red Bull come a call in for Paxton after half a season with the Union where he started to finally get some starts – I was kind of nervous, and I, I know you were like, "That's eh, not going to happen. Like, they're not going to come get it." But next year they might come a knocking for Paxton. So, it, again, you're always nervous about these Red Bull situations. Brendan worked out well, but I mean, who else has really worked out extremely well? It's kind of nerve wracking, to be honest. I don't know. New York team, stay away from our Americans, please. <laughs>
0: um, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk one of the big moves here. FC Dallas have transferred Ricardo Pepe to Augsburg. This was for 20 million plus a sell on and other add ons. The 18 year old Ricardo Pepe is joining through 2026 of June. So this is going to go two ways here. He's either going to stay with Augsburg until 2026, or he's going to mm-hmm. get sold on before then if he was to get if he was to have his contract run out in 2026 he would then probably be the star of a us national team in a 2026 world cup hosted here and be able to make a huge move somewhere else or he's going to already be somebody else, somewhere else before that i probably would think he's going to be somewhere else before that but yeah. it could be cool to think he could be playing here in 2026 at the world cup and then get a huge move somewhere else um but uh overall, really great business from Dallas. Um, Augsburg, I like it better than what was it Wolfsburg? yeah um, and what I really like about this too is apparently from what Chris Smith was just tweeting out, Augsburg is all in on Pepe where they think he might play every game that comes up. yes. Every – that's what you want. The worry was that he would go somewhere and not be able to play and sit on a bench. If he's playing every day, even on a relegation-bound team or close to relegation, most people think that watch Bundesliga say they're probably not going to end up relegated. So this is perfect. He's got pressure to come in and score goals. He's going to be playing. He's going to be given chances to score goals. He's not going to be played at right wing back like Pulisic is right now. So (laughs) he's going to go out there and he's going to have chances to score goals, and that's going to be huge for Pepe, and hopefully he can acclimate pretty quickly.
1: Mm.
0: And I'm excited to see if he plays this weekend. Yeah. ESPN Plus, guys, they have Bundesliga.
1: Get it now, like get it now while you can, because there there's a lot of exciting things. Coming well, they don't here. run out, so you, yeah,
0: you, you're never gonna. No, no get it not now while there.
1: you can, Jordan. Okay, they might raise the price. Disney does that. Okay, that's true. That's what I meant. Not the I didn't think <laughs> the Bundesliga was going away or Disney Plus was going away. <laughs> ESPN so, Plus uh,
0: are like, no, we can only have you know yeah, three sorry. three million subscribers. Yeah, sorry, sorry,
1: we have to put a cap on that. But uh, yeah, Jordan, fifteenth uh, in goals scored in Bundesliga. They have 17 goals, um, and this is really bad to compare this to the top goal-scoring team in the league. So I'm going to go below Bayern Munich, and Dortmund uh, has scored 39. Um, so that's a huge gap that they're trying to fill, and with 13 goals in MLS How much has Bayern
0: scored, though? I just want to know.
1: 54. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, listen to this. This is even better. 54 goals. How many matches do you think they've played? Don't look.
0: Uh, how many do they play? They play less, or they play less, right? Yeah. They don't play 38, they play, they play 36, less. right? Yeah, I'm gonna go. They've played 17 games.
1: You're right. That's exactly what right. really, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right.
0: <laughs> I was thinking the EPLs at like 19 and 20, so I feel yeah. like I had to cut it back a few. It's
1: a good guess, and I guess if you took the halfway break and, and yeah. yeah, but 54 goals in 17 <laughs> matches. How many of those are Lewandowski's? Uh, let's check for fun so the next Lewandowski is going to be Ricardo Pepe and he's got 19 of those
0: 19 of the that's how much nine. Ola Kamara scored yeah. they got to go get Lewandowski that's who DC yeah. should get and you might want to get
1: Bundesliga too because it sounds like our buddy Serginho Dest while against everything that he seems to want um he's also being linked to a bunch Kelsey's of Chelsea's really trying German to go after too. him too yeah
0: and I don't like that because he's not going to play when no. James and no. Chilwell are back. So no. I, I wouldn't really like him going there. Byron um, makes sense, so,
1: actually. I mean, I, I thought Byron makes sense for him because they needed that right back. They've got Alfonso David. Could you imagine the North Americans cornering the the flanks there on um, uh, Byron? That'd be, that'd be great. Because you know how involved they are in the attack, those two. So it's like, oh, it'd just be magic, I would think. Plus, you get to play with Lewandowski and Thomas Mueller before they go off into the sunset, join MLS.
0: Let's talk about somebody that uh, is going to the sunrise and leaving MLS. We've got Daryl DK, something close to your heart here, as he joined English Championship side West Brom on a a four-and-a-half-year contract, $9.5 million transfer, and 20% of any future sale for Orlando. What are your thoughts on this? I I talked about it last year. I wanted them to keep him, to make a run. Mm -hmm. They kept him. He actually started scoring goals a good amount again. And uh, they just didn't have enough firepower and the rest of the squad to get anywhere after some of the injuries and and stuff that was going on in Orlando. But they still get almost a double-digit fee for them. So I, I don't think that's like a bad thing. People were saying they should have taken the offers last summer. I think that they played it right. And I think they, we kept hearing 18 million. Yeah. That was never going to happen. Right. Um, but what are your thoughts here um, for him going one to West Brom and ultimately leaving Orlando? Uh,
1: the Orlando side, let's talk the Orlando side, just because this is MLS. but I, I, I think the Orlando side, it's, it's, it's awesome to see him, uh going to uh to a team and and living out his dreams because he's he's dreamt of of playing in england forever he got a a little taste of it with barnsley last year Um, and i noticed last episode uh that we talked on stoppage time i said that he went to burnley not barnsley um he went to barnsley uh, and and got a good taste of the championship he's going to get to go back and play with west brom who have a chance to be promoted into the premier league um, and I know there's a bunch of Orlando fans that'll be rooting for the baggies to, to make that jump from back from the championship up back up to the Premier League side um, into that top tier. But playing in the second tier in England, I mean, these guys are really good team or players that are playing World Cup. Uh, on World Cup rosters, so he's getting all the competition that he's going to want to get there, uh, and they love to score goals in the championship. I, I think that that's huge for DK. I, I think moving over to the West Brom side now, uh, a team that has really struggled to score um, in this season uh, alone, it, it, it is huge for him to come in and step in. Callum Robinson uh, is their leading goal scorer um, uh, as far as, or sorry, not their leading goal scorer, the second leading goal scorer, but somebody who he'll be replacing like for like. Um, because he plays more of that uh, forward role with Garland Grant uh, up there in West Brom. Um, so I think that it it's a great spot for Daryl to come in because of his run last year with uh, Barnsley uh, and the goals that he's allowed to score. Um, I think that the championship suits him because I think if you're going to look like for like for leagues, I'd say the championship is pretty close to what MLS does um, as far as uh, high attack uh, and then, you know, Some defenses are really good, but uh, they're known mostly for their attack and getting out in a fast-paced game, and I think that that suits DK very well. West Brom really struggled to score last year when we were covering them in the Premier League and and kind of looking at what he's going to do here. This is huge for him. He is behind Ricardo Pepe, though, Jordan, and I I think that's also where people are mad about the value, but I think that that's realistic. He really did struggle when he came back, and, and he's had some injury issues. He's had some issues of staying on the pitch and I, yes, I know he's played about 900 games in the last year, but he does. He he tends to go quiet. Sometimes he did with Barnsley. Um, They made a nice push with him, but he did. If you don't remember, if you look back at their games, once they started to get closer and closer to that promotion playoffs and that, the, that push towards premier league, he did start to fade and he actually did not start uh, in that last game that he played with Barnsley. When they got knocked out, he was, uh, came in off the bench. So he did kind of get quiet and he's had that tendency, whereas Ricardo, he sustained it the whole season. And I do think Ricardo has more uh, leverage because he's played well in World Cup qualifying. I think that's also kind of chunked into his value. So I do think that Orlando got good value. But uh, I'm going to tell you, we haven't signed anybody yet. Uh, it's January. We've got seven weeks and it doesn't sound good. It's been pretty quiet on the rumors lately. Um, and we already struggle scoring goals. This is a huge hit for Orlando because we're losing Nani, DK, and Chris Mueller, who <laughs> really is your attack. So I, I don't know where they go from here. Down? <laughs> no idea.
0: The the wolves are going to have to put the money where their mouth are. is. I mean, they've been talking about how they're not going to – suck right i mean i don't know what they really said they said that they're not going to like that they're that they're actually not gonna be yeah all this kind of crap yeah and uh
1: they're gonna be a playoff team that's what they call them they continuously called them a playoff team year in and year out so
0: so yeah it goes just for stats and stuff i mean look he scored nine goals in 19 matches for barnsley that's pretty good return 10 goals for 18 matches in mls this year eight goals in 17 matches of mls's first year I mean, he did really good. He's consistent, at least. Um, so while you say he goes quiet, I mean, he's he's pretty consistent. He's got a at least, if you look at goals per 90 minutes, too, about .63 is his average goals per 90 minutes. Um, a .59 in MLS in 2020, .63 at Barnsley, and a .68 in MLS this year. So he's consistently getting better, actually, too. If you look at that, um, 54 games played total in his career, 27 goals. So, I mean, for somebody that just started coming out of college and played half a season in MLS, then half a season at Barnsley and pretty much a half a season in MLS again, I feel like he had some pretty good, uh, goal totals. And, uh, I think we kind of overblow some of the struggle he had coming back Cause then he got hot. He, he scored 10 goals. I mean, they there's did. some, there's some, oh, how many goals did Shabelko have last year? He played all season.
1: Oh, that, that can't be good. <laughs> I will say, I, I think uh, to clarify my statement of like, there's times where he goes quiet. I, I think the big thing for me was when he, he did go quiet and he has gone quiet for the U S men's national team. Like uh, that that's where my,
0: yeah, that's where my concern
1: had been. Like he, he, he is not going to play that kind of, well, I say that. He's not going to be in that competitive atmosphere most of the championship until they do start to edge closer to the playoffs. But I do feel like there are times where when he gets to play against competitive backs, center backs that are as physical, he has a he has a more difficult time with them. And you know, I think it showed there with Walker Mueller, or Walker Mueller, Walker Zimmerman. Um he had a tough time with Walker. So That'd
0: how many how many goals do you think Shaboko had last year? In twenty twenty one? Thirty four mm. games. Seven, twelve,
1: really. I so thought two he was more, a lot less than
0: that. two more than DK, but played 20 more games.
1: Ooh, that's
0: so, gross. So Bilko has a 0. 0.41 goals per 90 minutes, and uh,
1: Daryl's pretty good. Yeah. I, like yeah. Daryl, uh, we forget, like Daryl has that potential to be an absolute stud, it's just a matter of can he and Pepe are now in a race and they play a four three three. Like I don't see either of them playing none of they don't neither of them can play a wing. I don't
0: no, think. no, but the good thing is this is this is fine for me. I, I it think is at fine, this point Pepe Peppy is the starter. Yeah. DK comes the off the bench yeah. or rotation. Yes. If you play games in quick succession. I think that's fine. Um yeah, you saw what
1: happened to Josie. It came up with yeah. a lame duck and then we're straight And we had
0: nobody. We yeah. had nobody at that point.
1: Wando.
0: Uh, we had Wanda. Yeah, but I mean, like, Wanda was not integrated into no. the team the same way. That's he was true. called in because he had a really good MLS it was desperate, team. desperate,
1: yeah. It was desperation because we had... We didn't think it would get to that point, and then I think it, it was too much for him. It was like, oh, this is...
0: You know, if only we had had... I don't know. A guy who had been so instrumental to the U.S. men's national team in twenty uh, before 2014... Who has not left off the roster? Uh, what's his name again? The oh, Landon Donovan. Yeah, if we could have had him. Oh, I thought you were
1: talking about Breck Shea. Yeah, I was confused.
0: If we could, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, no, if we could have had Landon Donovan there, then you could even put him at center forward at certain points if you needed to. Um, and he always came up with clutch goals, but I can't relive that now. It that was that's almost ten years ago. It's eight years ago at this point. Um. Austin FC seemed to be loaning out Thomas Pochettino to River Plate as Pochettino flopped last year. A lot of fans in Austin didn't like Pochettino. It didn't seem like he ever really acclimated to MLS. Seems like he might be gone. Uh, they made Houston- good
1: signings, though. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. They made good signings. Uh, mm-hmm. They did get Maxi Rudy. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, he's completed the Texas trifecta.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a good move. For, for Austin, um, and a move that I, I really didn't see coming because Austin has been in a, a really weird funk of just not signing anybody that's been any kind of quality. Um, talk about being close to circling the drain a little bit, but uh, they did that and they also got Ethan Fentley. So, yeah, forwards that Maxi Rudy is going to score. He always has wherever he's gone. Um, how consistent that's been the case with him. It's, I'm
0: assuming he'll be another bench player. He will, yeah.
1: Diego Fagundes, like it, yeah. it, it is that same quality. Did you see all that stuff, like the Diego Fagundes, like mm-hmm. why didn't we pay him to be? Oh, we didn't even talk about Alex Ring. I was um, going to talk about yeah, Alex Ring sorry, is the DP now. Yeah. But they wanted Diego to be paid more. <laughs> I was like, why would you ever pay Diego Fagundes who comes off your bench to to be? a DP, but go ahead, Jordan. What happened with Alex?
0: Uh, they signed him to a DP contract.
1: How does that work, Jordan? Because if you can refresh our memories here, um, because what can happen? Like, how did that happen? Like, how did he... He wasn't a DP last year. You can just buy up?
0: Yeah, well, it's not really buying up. It's just giving him yeah. a raise, I guess, and he's going to take up a DP spot. Now, the bad thing is they'd already had three DPs last year, which means they have to get rid of one, which... Shows now why Pochettino is probably going to River Plate. This is probably mm-hmm. all fallout from that. Um, as well as him just not having a good run last year. Right. But I don't know if Alexander Ring is really a DP of quality that, that they should be having. We'll really have to see. Look, this is where the pressure is really going to come on Josh Wolf this year and Claudio Reyna. Let's not forget who's building the team here. Because they the first year... Uh, You know, we made fun of some of the Austin fans that said, "Get rid of Josh with like five games in," right? Yeah. But the issue is, there the excuse was they're an expansion team. This is year one. Mm -hmm. I would say you can give them this year too, but there's going to be if they don't start performing, the pressure is really going to mount on them, and it's going to be much easier to throw the. First time coach under the bus than Claudio Reyna, who also built the NYCFC team. So, Mm -hmm. my thought is if something goes wrong this year, you could see Josh Wolf leaving. I think they give him the full year. If it doesn't work out, he might be gone.
1: Yeah, that's a good shout. Then they want his head. They want the Wolf's head. So, I I don't see this going well, Jordan. (laughs) I don't. I don't. I don't. So, it, it'll. Uh, I think Josh Wolf stays as a as a manager at least for Austin, or or coming to an end quickly.
0: Um, Houston Dynamo, another. Uh, I was gonna say another Florida team, another Texas team, named their head coach Paulo Nagamora. He used to play for Sporting Kansas City and some other teams. Um, Chivas USA. He was also an assistant to. Um, and has also coached the reserve side, Um, you know, Sporting Kansas City 2, which was USL at the time. So he's going to Houston. I think some people like this move. I think most Houston fans probably don't. The way I look at it is, they they hired Tab Ramos, who is supposed to be known for working with youth, and they just got Nagamura, who's
1: mm-hmm.
0: worked exclusively with youth, pretty much. We need, I not we, I'm not a fan of them, but I'm just saying, like, when you have a team, you usually need somebody that's not just a youth coach, I would think. Yeah. Um, somebody that's going to be able to handle egos, but. The issue is I don't think Houston's going to sign anybody with egos. They're I was going to say gonna have... they
1: don't really have anything there. Well, really I mean they're, they're not going to
0: buy anybody. I mean they're just going <laughs> to they're just going to do the same thing they've always done I think. So I think that's a problem. But this could be a hire that works out well and if it does, we're going to have hires like Torundolo and Nagamora who are coming from USL sides and other youth development programs mm-hmm. succeeding and I think that could be good. Because the U.S. needs to produce more coaches. And I don't just mean American coaches. I mean producing coaches. Mm -hmm. People from other countries coming here, coaching in a USL team, working their way up to a a MLS Next Pro and working themselves up to MLS. All of that stuff, producing coaches is going to be the next thing. American coaches Mm -hmm. and just coaches of all nationalities here. Because we're getting the players over there. We got a manager over there, Jesse Marsh. He, he wasn't really given a lot of time, but, you know, that's the Bundesliga for you, so he's gone. We got Chris Armis at Manchester United.
1: Hey, I'm still riding the ship on that one, okay?
0: And, you know, we're trying – but that's it really. We had Bob over there for a few years. But when you look at coaches overseas, not a lot going on. So if you can produce them to be successful here first, um, you know, producing like a Jim Curtin who worked mm-hmm. exclusively with you. So maybe this would work well for Houston. I don't know. It's kind of a book out of the Philadelphia union. I feel like um, if you produce coaches like that and keep going on, then they're going to be able to work their way either overseas or just be successes here. And it's going to open up doors for more stuff instead of just getting European retreads here or, Coaches that have failed being retread mm-hmm. here. Like how many times did Jason Christ have a job? This yeah, can help prevent that times. if we keep producing talent in coaches. And that's the next thing after players.
1: Totally agree with you on that. I, I like the signing. And it's, it, it's low key and, and Houston needs low key. I think. Uh, low key tab- is Marvel. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry. I uh, forgot which <laughs> podcast we were doing. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Tab Ramos and Jordan. You you really don't. You're not a tab. You're not a tab fan. Um, it, <laughs> I was just, proven right. Right. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you really were. Uh, you, it, it seems like this is a, a step in the right direction. And they're they're rebuilding. Like this is clearly a rebuilding team. Um, I, I do think they have good pieces. Uh, you know, looking back at last year, um, I, I do think that they got things that they can use going forward. Um, I know that they've talked about. Um, possibly moving on from a couple of people and, and Tim Parker is getting older. Um, they do need to build with some, uh, I think some youth, uh, but I, I think it comes with time. Um, but yeah, just looking up and down the roster, I mean, 5-5 Pico had a really good season, 11 goals, uh, in 31 matches played. Um, it, it, Darwin Quintero, I, I thought was always a really good talent, um, especially when you're looking in the attack memo Rodriguez, who we highlighted last year as being an important piece, played pretty well, but, but not, up to par with what they thought he was going to play, so it it really is it has been a struggle for for Houston, bottom of the West last year. Uh, this is just one of those signings that if it works out, looks brilliant. If it if not, then I mean you're just basically back in the same spot you were in. So I don't know. This is progress, I think. So
0: yeah. Uh, so we got a few more things to talk about here. We got uh, Ozzy Alonso going to Atlanta United. I like that move. Don't want to okay. spend too much time on that. Um, but uh, we, we didn't even get to talk the big one yet. So let's go sure. ahead and talk about it, I guess. Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli to Toronto FC. Spending like 15 million a season salary on on Insigne this is what the power of Toronto can do. We've kind of talked about it a bit. I think you brought it up another time about, you know, how much spending power they can have. Let's not forget. They're the ones that brought Bradley and Josie back here for big money too. And signed Giovinco from Italy as well. So this is, I think a pretty, pretty monumental uh, thing here. Apparently from Fabrizio uh, Romano, a contract is signed now. It's gonna be like a five-year deal. He's 30 years old. He's gonna come in July. I might have to look to see when Toronto starts visiting teams around mm-hmm. here in the in the summer, see if I can see insignia, or maybe wait until the next year. But I mean, I don't I don't know what else to say. I think this is a pretty huge move. I mean, I guess it is signed because I think Fab even has a picture of of him in the kit that doesn't look edited. Yeah, so I think this is official now. Uh, five and a half year contract. Uh, this is a guy that people were linking to big clubs in the EPL and other countries over in Europe. He just won a Euro 2020 championship last summer. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Logan? This is the biggest signing. This is one. Let me just say the biggest signing in MLS history is always going to probably be David Beckham. Yeah. But this is up there. And this is one that's happening a year into your MLS experience now. Something you probably didn't think was going to happen.
1: No. And I I thought it was a joke when it it was uh, out there breaking. Um, I thought the rumors were just ridiculous. I thought it was just the Italian tabloids trying to be the Italian tabloids. So I I did. I I thought it was just like, oh, he just wants more money. Or, you know, his time. I thought it was going to be one of those things where it was like when he is done with The Syria, he will then make a move over, but you got like five years to wait or something. He's 31 years old, uh, going on 31. Um, He will be, I think he will be 31. Yeah, he'll be 31 when he comes. So when he comes over, he's going to be 31 years old. Uh, That's not usually an issue here. Um, He's still really quick. I was watching him play actually today. uh, That's young. I mean, 30, 30 31 is still young. Yes. Yeah.
0: Some of these Uh, players like, Come over at 35, like Gerard or something.
1: Right. Yeah, and you're you're 31 too, aren't you?
0: I'll be 31 by the time he comes over too. I was yeah. gonna say you <laughs> and
1: him will be 31 together. <laughs>
0: we were born the same year. It doesn't even feel real. Right. And you
1: just called him young. Um, which well, uh, is good. It's you true. are young, Jordan. I mean, you get out there and just bang in a couple of goals. Four goals in Syria Ah, uh, uh he had 19 last year. I'm not concerned, Jordan. I think he comes over here and torches the place up. I like, I really do. I, I, Bob has a tendency, and you saw what he did with Carlos Vela, and Carlos Vela scores at an alarming rate when he's good. This, he has that same feel. I actually think Lorenzo's a better goal scorer. So it'll, <laughs> I think this will be uh, a fantastic move. They'll move on from Soteldo, who many people were very excited about, but it just didn't look like it panned out. I do think there were some issues – with him and some other players, I don't think him and Posuelo get along very well, um, and I don't see them moving on from Posuelo. and Insigne plays that more of that position that you would see Sotelo in. So it, it, at least the spaces. Um, so yeah, no, I, I love this move. I, I think this is huge for the league. I actually think that other people see this, and if he starts playing well over here, like we've always talked about, this is really going to be attractive for other players. Uh, I do think we're going to eventually get Messi. I, I just think that that's written on the wall. Um, I do think we get him. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you've got guys like Ronaldo and them looking over here going, that actually might be a pretty good idea here soon. So it, it'd it be cool. It'd be cool. I think this starts the train in the mass exodus from Europe uh, around some of these, you know, 34, 35-year-old guys that are coming here to end a, a, what has been a historic career. So this is awesome. And he's not ending a career here by any chance. No. He's, he's got tons of years left in him. He could do this for eight or nine more years Jordan. and, uh, and Toronto could soon rise to uh, relevance again in the Eastern conference.
0: And what I really like about this is, um, uh, what I really like about this is this, you know, some people were saying, Oh, he's Italian. He's going to have the same sort of mentality that he Gwane had or whatever. Uh, even though it doesn't really make sense because Higuain's not Italian, but a lot of people were saying that. Yeah. I, the reason I say no to that is because Higuain went to Miami. Mm-hmm. Beckham went to LA, and for Beckham's first few years, he wasn't really into it either. When you go to Toronto, you're not on the beach. No. <laughs> you're, you're not in Hollywood
1: on the yachts
0: this is not a place somewhere somebody goes to just relax and take it easy it's toronto Mm -hmm. if he really wanted to come over here and not give a crap he would go to a team like miami um because that's where you know we we always talk about stars like messi and ronaldo and stuff coming over zlatan we always say it's going to be new york la or miami and New York gets thrown in there because it's a big city. But mostly people say L.A. and Miami because Hollywood is there, beaches are there, and then Miami has the nightlife scene and the beaches as well. Nobody ever says, oh, they're going to come to Toronto yeah, you know, or Philly. Um, so I think he's going to come over here. He's not going to be distracted by crap like that. He's going to have to play,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he's going to have to try. And I, I think that's really great, and I think this is going to be awesome.
1: It, it has that feel like uh, the Giovinco,
0: yeah,
1: like, like that. That it, it's going to be bigger than him, I think. I so remember it, where
0: it, I was when that was going on. That was on my second college program.
1: Yeah, but no, Giovinco I totally. I, I think this is huge. So, I hope he comes over here, and lights it up. I really do. Uh, I know that's crazy because you know we are both fans of teams in the east, but I, I really want him to come over here and absolutely torch up the place, just because I think it'll it'll get other people interested. Uh, well, it'll, it'll have that draw.
0: I'm rooting for him. <laughs> I'm rooting for Bob. Yeah, you know, after especially after like the LAFC stuff, people were, you know, calling for his head there too, which I thought was lame after winning a supporter shield, but and getting to a Concacaf Champions League <laughs> final. But uh, I'll always root for Bob, and I'm I always root for Michael Bradley. Um, Toronto being relevant is going to be very interesting. We kind of talked about it before this move. This move makes me think that look, they may not win the supporter shield or the East, and I, I'm hesitant to say that because he's coming in July. Mm-hmm. So if they were at all struggling, he'll be a boost that they can make. a They're going to be probably my MLS Cup favorites. Huh? Um, they're 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 going to be better than NYCFC who just won it.
1: Yeah, they're, they, Castellanos union, will be gone the, too. The so.
0: Union wish they could have Insigne, yeah. but they weren't ever going to pay. Um, somebody even probably a third of what Insigne is making. Um, they, you know, DC and is looking to get rid of a 19 goal scorer, so who knows what's going to happen with them. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, they're in the middle of a rebuild with stealing all the unions players and coaches so we're we're gonna see exactly how this happens but dang i might give a short preview i think toronto might win the whole thing i guess we'll see how i feel as we get closer to making those predictions but this is uh if not they're gonna be pretty darn close i think yeah and if not that'll be kind of a disappointment
1: it's a good show I'm starting to look at it too, and I'm thinking, yeah, you're not wrong. Nashville, Nashville will be good. New England, will Nashville's
0: going to go to the West though, so they're I'm not going oh, to be an obstacle. Holy
1: crap! You're going to have ca- Charlotte. Wow. They're going to
0: rip over Charlotte. I mean,
1: I forgot about Nashville going to the West.
0: Yeah, maybe Atlanta if they're able to make some moves, but I don't know, man. Revs are going to be good still, but
1: they don't have Tyon. John Buchanan.
0: Yeah, he's gone now. Anyway, I think that about wraps us up. We've talked, I think, a while.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so if you want to um, follow us, you can reach us on Twitter at stateside Show, Instagram at StatesideShow, Facebook.com slash Show, or email stateside StatesideShow at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh,
0: come on! thank you for listening to stoppage time soccer show we hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the u.s men's national team americans abroad mls usl this is stateside soccer show presented by stoppage time soccer show have a good one